0: Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources.
1: All right. All right. Let's do
0: this. Yes. Let's talk about Logan.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, funny story. This movie was playing when my son was born. Like, we had been... We were in the hospital like all day and there was like a marvel marathon on tv and when he was born logan was playing and it's funny because <laughs> it's not the happiest movie but it always makes me happy whenever i see it or think about <laughs> it because it takes me but i'm like oh yeah, yeah. my son was born and that was
0: baby's first rated r movie
1: yeah yeah that's how it goes. <laughs> my first do you remember your first rated r movie?
0: yeah, it was one of the matrix sequels.
1: oh wow, um okay, so I was a little bit I was quite a bit younger and I was
0: i yeah, I just never thought to go to rated r movies. I don't know if which ones I've seen on t v though
1: so yeah i don't I don't remember what my first rated r movie in the theater was. honestly, it might have been one of the matrix sequels, but I remember the first rated R movie I saw as a kid was The Terminator.
2: Ah,
0: uh, that's rated R.
1: Absolutely, it is.
0: I don't think I ever realized that. See, see, I have no idea what my first rated R movie was because uh, the, the, the land, the was... land
1: before time, right? No, but
0: I mean that's pretty scary.
1: But that was one of uh that that was what was so interesting about Logan was it was. It was touted even when it came out. It's like this is gonna be a rated R movie. I'm like, oh man, being to tell me I get to see Wolverine just like absolutely brutalize people, and sure enough, that's oh, yeah. what they did. But oh my gosh, like Wolverine is always interesting because in X Men, he in the especially in the movies he's just like the badass and everyone just mm. loves him like yeah Wolverine he's so rugged and in this we still love him but it's because we just want to like be there for him and hug him like he's going through he's
0: had it rough so, i mean he always had it rough yeah but yes things got worse
1: yeah he's had it rough and eternally like that's what's mm-hmm. crazy like this is someone who we watched him fight through every major war in X-Men Origins. This is someone we watched survive one of the atomic bombings in the Wolverine. Like, he just, he's just gone through all of it. And he's also just, he's only lost. Like, that's what's bad about living, living forever. Like, you just lose everyone hmm eventually
0: yeah it makes me think what you're describing makes me think of reading what was it tuck everlasting is that the name of that book Do you know what book i'm talking about
1: i believe so i think yeah. yes
0: where it's like a family that lives forever yes yeah i am um, I, I totally hear what you're talking about and it's unfortunate because I mean, there are a lot of storylines where there is an eternal creature or someone who lives forever and how they handle it and deal with it. And I think he falls – there's usually some sort of wandering or loneliness that comes with that or or really connecting to your pack, so to speak, uh, of people because of just what that does to you to – I mean, essentially see other humans as pets or organisms that have, you know, like a fruit fly. Yeah, You'd see normal humans like a fruit fly and how yeah. long they live. But he, I feel like, is at the extreme in terms of th- being the Wanderer. And like you said, lost. And there's, I mean, I know this is like an alternate reality, Wolverine, but mm-hmm. no matter what it seems like, Wolverine's like, "Oh, I need to regain my memories of what's happened to me." But even beyond those kinds of storylines when he understands himself more, he still ends up wandering and seeming like this this loner who has has trouble. Is lost and and wandering no matter what.
1: Absolutely. And what's what's even sadder is Wolverine's whole story is he doesn't have to wander anymore because he has the X Men, and he has yeah. Xavier, and and he has a family
2: mm-hmm. now,
1: so to speak. And this movie, it is that family has been lost, and it's barely hanging on because he had like he has basically two people that he's really mm-hmm. uh, there with: Caliban and Professor X, who is. Oh my gosh! So it's it's so sad. He's going through. I and I don't know if they ever. Do they ever say what?
0: They alluded to the fact that he probably was having some sort of like dementia potentially from you know old. It seemed like it was beyond old age. Not just oh he's getting old, but something else kind of deteriorating. Yeah, where it was like a his degenerative capacities yeah. were every now and then he would have trouble remembering Logan or knowing where he was and when he was. And then sometimes his powers would kind of go on the fritz. And so I think they were alluding to all of that being some sort of dementia kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It was definitely some form of uh, degenerative brain disease. And it was just absolutely heartbreaking because throughout you're wondering, okay, what happened to, the X-Men and they're not really mm. saying what happened and then you find out later on that he accidentally he had an episode like that uh and I and killed all the X-Men. Yeah. Uh by mistake, which is so heartbreaking and throughout he doesn't really remember. He doesn't he really does remember. He does later on. Right. Right. Um- yeah,
0: he he actually similar to dementia. A lot of times you have like sundowning and different things where you you have periods where you're more lucid and connecting the dots, and over, over time you you tend to lose your connection and, and memories. Depending depending on the dementia, you see different kind of timeframes for that. But the fact that he kind of is in and out of it. Does does make sense. But yeah. It it seems like he doesn't fully realize. So once again. Here's Logan. He's bearing the weight of a lot of stuff. I feel like for Professor X. Yes. And
1: one thing that's really interesting about that. That it made me think about. Because there's. I feel like there's a difference. But also a similarity between. Not actually being able to remember something. And blocking something out purposefully Mm -hmm. uh and when i was watching the movie the very first time i ever saw it i always wondered if it was the latter like did he actually remember what happened and he's just kind of trying to block it out or did Mm. but then as it went on like especially after i watched it multiple times it was like okay no he actually can't remember because of whatever's going on with his yeah. mind
0: well and and that can be a it, that can be hard to suss out too that so there are a number of different avenues in which a person may forget may not remember an event that happened it could even or or not remember certain things and, and dementia is one of one of the things that can happen um some dissociative processes mental health wise trauma can affect how you consolidate memory sleep can affect how how much you're able to retain and consolidate memory there's so many different things and i mean people can even forget who they are um they can forget huge chunks of time uh and it it can be tricky to know when when is someone more Act, like you were saying, purposefully or more active in the process, and, and trying not to remember something versus when is the brain essentially doing it for you? I guess in a way. Uh, but I would agree with you. It seems like the dementia process, the the neurodegenerative process happening here, seems to be really at play. But you you. Bring up an intriguing question, though, because he has one of the most powerful minds ever yes. and can manipulate a lot of things about other people's minds. Mm-hmm. So it j- begs the question, can his mind do that to itself? And could that have been part of what degenerated for him in that in because it was such a horrible thing that he did? could he not live with it and so his brain kind of reverberated backwards right I, but in order to do that it started breaking down that's a that's a really intriguing question
1: i don't know yeah and and you know it's it was one of those things where caliban and logan really tried to kind of do everything they could to kind of just really keep him settled because it felt like it was one of those things where he would just have episodes when he didn't take his yeah. medicine and it it almost seemed like it was a uh like a seizure like something that he could not control mm-hmm. and so it was just it was just really it was really heartbreaking to see because i mean throughout these movies he's just this all powerful figure that's just like mm-hmm. this guy can handle it all he's untouchable and mm-hmm. suddenly just seeing him in this state and seeing logan in this state because logan's gotten older he doesn't move like he used to he's mm-hmm. doesn't heal like he yeah. used to it's just it's rough it's rough to see because even though this is an elseworld story it felt like it was an ending to the x-men movies that mm. we had watched it's like wow all of that really ended this sadly like you know it was yeah the yeah. one of those, oh this is rough like just seeing Wolverine just driving a limousine around for drunk people like what is happening right now I don't like this at all
0: (laughs) yeah and I mean he it almost feels like he he ended up back where he started too so so you mentioned how the x-men it's meant to be this story of being found and and becoming connected but here you have him losing all of that and he's drinking a lot of alcohol. Someone refers to him as a junkie. He he actually wants to abandon a young girl. Yeah. And not help her.
1: Like, I don't need uh, this.
0: Yeah. he He wants to just walk away entirely from a little girl who needs help and just go back to his own life. I mean, these are things that are very much early days Wolverine that... It is sad. It's it's sad when you see a character play out, and they didn't have the full growth that that you were hoping for. But he he does return to it in the end. In this, he does end up helping the girl Laura. Uh, he does end up becoming more connected again. Uh, but oh man, they always got to rip your heart out. Of course, it's like right before the end for him, so it's kind of bittersweet. But.
1: Yep. You know, it's interesting because the thing about Wolverine is he's still a good guy. Like, it's not one Mm -hmm. of those things where he's just like, I just don't care about being a good person. Like, he's still a decent guy. He's It's like he went back to, what's the point? Even if Mm -hmm. I help somebody, I'm going to outlive them even if i help someone mm-hmm. they might end up dying anyway i can't protect mm-hmm. i feel like he feels like he can't protect the ones he loves because he has lost mm-hmm. his family and even the person that's like a brother/father slash figure to him professor mm-hmm. x he's like there's nothing i can do for him right now they're
0: just kind of whittling down yeah. they're 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 essentially de- dis- degrading in front of your eyes together yeah they're 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 whittling away
1: it's one of the it's one of those things you look at it, and I'm not gonna lie as I was watching it the My first thought was just thinking about like how when as as you get older, you naturally start losing people that you grew up with mm-hmm. and and friends and stuff like that and i I always used to be one of those people that was like. I want to live forever. I just want to live and live. Oh, I never and, and I live. never felt that way. And you know watching this it was one of those things I thought about it. I'm like, man, I don't want to I don't want to outlive all of my loved ones and friends. Like I don't think that's a good I don't know if that's yeah. a fun life. And because that's it's that's what's hap- that's what's happening with with Wolverine and plus he's clearly in a lot of pain now because he has adamantium poisoning over the and, years
0: and let's just put it out there i mean if you if you live lifetimes god just us everyday people must seem really irritating to you right i mean i mean think of, we, we probably we might come off as like little toddlers or something in, in terms of what we can understand and grasp purely based on limitations of experience you can gain over one lifetime versus however many
1: right he's pushing if if the ma- if my math is right he's push. he's 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 pushing the three 250 to 300 mm. range he's he's getting yeah. somewhere around there and so it's yeah. yeah it's gotta be that's gotta be rough that's gotta you know. be really rough and, it,
0: and if someone tells you to look on the bright side of life you probably just just roll your eyes and i mean i i would grumble and be very wolverine about it I think, right yeah it's kind of like
1: yeah it's it's there was there was one there was one time i i'll never forget i was going i i was going through a lot in life and there was some random person that i just do not know just goes just remember god will never give you something you anything you can't handle and I just kind of looked at him like, "What? Like, like you can't? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's difficult. That's a that's a rough thing to say to someone during loss or yeah. or or during painful things, right? Like, imagine it's, someone it's, saying that to Wolverine. Like, really? Yeah.
0: And it's it's meant to be like, Hey, I believe in you. You can get through this, right? But there's yeah, there are certain ways of trying to be there for someone that don't always hit well. And that, yeah, phrases like that, a lot of times, yeah, it it, it almost feels like, oh, you just don't get it. Right. Mhm,
1: right. and And that's where Wolverine is. Wolverine is by himself on this yep. planet as far as what he has been through as far as seeing humanity and how it all goes, he's in a state where he's like, yep, these people can't be helped. They're trash. Humanity's garbage. All the mutants have been killed off. I watched this happen in the Holocaust. I watched this happen to mutants. Mm -hmm. Humanity's trash. This is all garbage. I just want to get a boat and live out the rest of my days and say, F everything, right? Uh, But he's still a decent person. And and the reason I say that is because in he still has not abandoned Professor X. He mm. he's still doing everything he can to help him get through uh get through this this pretty much just definitely this last stage of his life because I think Professor X said he's pushing 90 at this point. Yeah, something like that. And then of course the, the way he he takes upon this task of protecting Laura and mm-hmm. you know helping you, you see him help the family uh with the horses in the movie, which oh my god, this this is a sad Ugh. movie. This is such a sad movie. I hated
0: that part. I hated that part.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So for anyone who might not remember, um they helped this family whose horses kind of ran off on the freeway or highway or whatever. And so they help and then the family offers to give them a meal and for them to stay the night. And Professor X convinces Wolverine to let them do this, which, by the way, um, thanks a lot, Professor X. Like, it's de- people are after you guys. Right. Not safe. But anyway, uh, the family gets brutally murdered one at a time. So I, I would say the worst part not having been in this situation myself, but the worst part for me is that the kid dies first. So then the mom sees that the kid dies and then she dies. And then, so the father finds out that, but it, it's like the, there's the, the loss happening too. Like you just have to kind of experience it it's over an and over again. Nightmare. One at a time. It's an,
1: like that would be my absolute nightmare so like the, the the way that that all played out and it was so sad because it was it almost felt like professor professor x's last mm. you know his li la- it, it i mean essentially it was his last supper because yeah. i mean he even says like i that was the best night of sleep that i've had mm-hmm. and i cannot remember not even the light Uh, night of sleep but the best night that I've had and it really felt kind of like how they kind of like how they comfort people in hospice you know Mm. or you know like just make them as comfortable as possible and what his comfortable place was was being in a family environment and being in a home that he felt the love there and it was it was It was a very sad send off, but it was also nice that he did get to experience that,
0: yeah, I guess I'm just kinda like what was you getting that worth?' <laughs> this happening to this family i it don't know it wasn't um uh, it was not uh, i will I think, say that i think wolverine rightfully so was cautious he wasn't just being grumbly old wolverine who doesn't want to be around people there was a good reason not to go with that family but he's a soft spot for professor x um yeah. and and i think it was just one of those and they do a good job too of the family has struggles and then Wolverine's kind of helping. And, and so it seems like they're cut off just like randomly. Uh, like they have a storyline going and then sh- they get killed, which when, when things do that, it feels more real because that's how life tends to be. You don't think, get a set yeah. up for death. It yeah. just happens. And, and th- so those can feel the most brutal, I think, in, in a lot of shows. And I think least.
1: that's and I think that's why they did that also, because Wolverine's already in this state where it's like, it doesn't matter what I do. Everything ends bad. And and then he everything got ends bad. and he got hit with that again. And, you know, yeah,
0: as a therapist, it's very hard to sit with people with that because. Um, So okay, in in therapy, we like to think, oh, we go, we 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 go for treatment for something, and it gets fixed. This thing gets better, and it'd be great if that's how things worked. But sometimes that's not. Sometimes there are things where it's like, oh, okay, we can teach you skills and help you, quote unquote, fix or improve on things and whatnot. Sometimes though, it's a bunch of shit has happened. And a lot of terrible things. And a person is just trying to find a way to be okay with the fact that it's all happened. And I would say for me, one of the hardest things about being a therapist is when there's not something, I was going to say there's not something you can offer, but that's that's not true. When the thing you can offer isn't, here's something to move you past it. The thing that I can offer is the space to to sit with just whatever it is and giving that person the opportunity to just kind of pause in a, in a space and a place with someone else and just acknowledge how awful things have been. Yeah. That, that can be really tough.
1: And it's, it's gotta be interesting as, because when, when you think about going to a doctor, you you're thinking about healing, but with, with therapy sometimes I feel like it's difficult to know the finish line, right? Mm, like if you yeah. dealt with a traumatic experience, I know in your mind it's like, "Oh, I'm going to therapy, but it's not one of those things like I'm going to therapy and one day I won't hurt anymore." Right? Like it's like, "No, you lost someone and yeah. you'll you'll always you'll you'll always essentially yeah. be sad about it."
0: But, you know, I think that there is this natural hope, not for everyone that goes to to therapy, but for a number of people, there's this understandable hope there that maybe this can be made to go away or that I won't hurt anymore, whatever it might be. And it, it's tricky because so- sometimes, you know, if there are symptoms that are happening for a person, we can help where it, they do go away. Uh, other times they get less intense or less frequent. But yeah, you're 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 very much right in that therapy doesn't it, it it doesn't change the past. It doesn't change what has happened. Um a lot of times it can't entirely change what's currently happening. It can't always change how things are going to be in the future just depending on what the scenario is. But it definitely cannot change the past. What it can do is help with being able to move through it in in the way that just makes makes it as feasible for a person as possible um how how to be able to i guess move into the future in the in in the best way possible given what has happened yeah. given what we can and cannot change What's the best path forward? But it is it is tough because sometimes people come in and so many te- – they're Logans. Yeah. And so many terrible, terrible things have happened. They've had their unfair share. And it feels really crappy uh, <laughs> because I can't change any of that stuff. And, and so um, you almost feel like you can't offer enough to a person. But – There's something in acknowledging you've had an unfair amount of stuff happen to you.
1: Right. Especially. And someone just acknowledging that. Especially a third party, because so many times something bad will happen and it's like somebody will call and say, Hey, praying for you. Hey, thinking about you. Hey, let me know anything that you need. And in my mind, it's like, I'm thankful for that, but also, it is this is a friend saying Mm -hmm. this and that is the role of a friend Mm -hmm. right to be there for someone and you can lean on them and tell them things and they're like yeah man that's so rough but hearing from a third party like they get your story and they say okay Mm -hmm. this is rough this sucks there's there is something about that that's like okay I have it, – and it's horrible to say I have a right yeah. to feel this way. But I do like – Isn't lo- that weird yeah. how
0: that can happen? Where, yeah, it, it's I, – I totally agree with your, wh- what you're coming – where you're coming from. And I think it's why some some ways that people try and be there for each other can hit in the wrong way. Because, yeah, it can feel like, oh, I'm, I I shouldn't feel this way or I I – I I shouldn't pause in the hurt or um it can just kind of yeah it can it can feel like oh I'm supposed to move past this now. I'm not allowed to just be in the moment. And a lot of therapy can be pausing someone and saying, "Okay, and we're we're trying to move past this thing, but hold on. First, let's just acknowledge that this sucks."
1: Yeah. And the thing that's interesting too is when it comes to That acknowledgement, it really does have to do with the the people that are around you too. Like I remember, like as a as I remember as a kid playing baseball, and like I had a I had a coach really early on. It was like boys aren't supposed to cry, right? And of course, all those guys around are like, yeah, boys don't cry, right? And so boys
0: boys have tear ducts too, people, right?
1: (laughs) But it made me think about that, too, right when you said that, because when we think about Logan, the people he ran with the most before uh, before the X-Men was the Weapon X program mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. William Stryker. And they were just going around committing war crimes yep. and doing all kinds of atrocious things and not and just. Moving forward, just bulldozing mm-hmm. ahead and not even yeah. taking range of the emotions and like, okay, I do understand how you feel. This is something horrible that you just went through. I get it. And, and so, yeah, it is really interesting because honestly, I really look at, it goes back to the Professor X episode, like what is he exactly? And to Wolverine, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like Professor X was very much a therapist for for mm, him,
0: yeah, yeah, and he also kind of took on a fatherly you, you were mentioning it earlier, I think kind of a fatherly piece too, which you know, i i it depending on kind of the relationship you have with a the therapist, there can kind of be like what what kind of other relationships might it connect with in some way? like some people. Uh, I remember hearing someone the other day who's a different kind of provider, but I feel like this, you know, people want different things. And some people might want a more parental kind of figure. Others might want um, someone who kind of tests them or keeps them on their toes or, you know, different people are going to want different things from their therapists. And yeah, you're you're right. They're definitely, and even in this, you you get this sense of Professor X trying to help Wolverine be psychologically healthy where he can. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it is really tough. And I think part of, part of this stuff too is um, when a lot of, okay, so we as humans, for the most part, like to think that life is predictable and that um, life makes sense. But, (laughs) unfortunate, I mean there there's cause and effects, and we can predict different things and and um, you know, if you if you strike a match on something, it'll a flame will appear. you know, like there's predictability in life, but there's also chaos and things that we can't understand. and we the way I kind of go about it is saying, uh, we will never know everything. Right. And, and we'll never be able to understand everything. The more you understand things, the more questions you end up having as well. But the thing is, is because it can be overwhelming to think of life as being unpredictable, we like to think of life making sense and being logical. And what's the logic behind someone where a bunch of bad stuff seems to always happen? Right we can also just naturally start thinking, okay, I, I, I can't handle seeing life as too chaotic. And therefore, how do I explain all of this bad stuff happening to me? And it can get really internalized. Some people get really angry at the outside world and saying everyone's out to get me. And then other people might internalize it and say there's something wrong with me. And that's why all this stuff's happening. And I think that's another... Reason why a therapist or a third party, like you were talking about, can be helpful. Or in Logan's case, having Professor X, where you have these reminders where it's like, you know what? Sometimes a lot of bad stuff happening to you is because you've been really unlucky and we don't know why, but it's unfair.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you do bring up a good point because, yeah, it's like, it's one of those things like you, enough bad stuff happens to you and you're like, okay. Is it me? Is it the world? And then a third aspect, mm-hmm. too, of course, is when, when it comes to religion, it's like, okay, is there a higher power that just does not like sure. me, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: uh, that, I mean, that can totally ha- and And for some people, when bad things happen, religion is helpful to them. And then there are other people, when bad things happen, religion is harmful to them.
1: Yes. Yes. Very, yes, very much so. I completely... <laughs> I definitely I definitely agree uh agree with that and that's something that I feel like doesn't really it gets it gets touched on a little bit in X-Men but not much like Nightcrawler was very very religious and it mm-hmm. helped him get through a lot of yeah. the bad things he was going through but I think that wasn't something that Wolverine could really he he ever really had a chance to really yeah. rely on much just because he he sees the world in a very very different picture mm-hmm. right
0: and and so integrating religion into therapy is actually beneficial to people who who are religious or have any sort of spiritual or or faith-based um beliefs I- integrating that stuff in um however yeah you you also have to fit it with the person and and Wolverine Exactly, it's very different from Nightcrawler in terms of how beneficial or harmful it might be if you approach it in a certain way, yeah. and and so matching that to the person is is definitely important. And you were saying with with therapy, and and I think Professor X tries to kind of hold this line, and and some of our friends and family might be able to hold this better than others, but some people are there to try and and be, as much as possible, a a less biased perspective. And so for some people, they're going to approach you through their own belief system more, while other people will try and approach you from your belief system more. And neither one is necessarily right or wrong. It's just that in certain circumstances, if if someone isn't fully aware of what you believe, they might mismatch. Right. And if they're, if they're approaching you from their own perspective, the wording might not come across in the best way. Cause they're talking to you how they would want to hear something, not how you would want to hear something.
1: Yeah. And it's. It, yeah. So Wolverine has been through all of this and then near the end, he finds out he has a, genetically a daughter right because and you know he didn't really have a part in her creation besides his dna being used without his permission but she is genetically his uh his daughter and i think he does feel some natural response like responsibility but on top of that I think he was also very much pushed by Charles uh, mm. to do it. I feel like Charles was definitely had like strongly pushing him towards accepting this, not yeah. necessarily fatherly role, but definitely a protective role uh, yeah. for her because Wolverine was just like, I'm going to walk away. This is crazy. I cannot I'm, <laughs> he, he pulled a, a Myrtle. I'm too old for this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, you know, even then, and it it, the transition in the movie was really, really fast, but he, he did come around and it was one of those things where I looked at it as, like I said, I don't think there was ever a moment where Wolverine stopped being a good person. Mm-hmm. I think he was just very, reluctant to try and be the good guy after losing so many times
0: yeah well and i uh, that's the thing right so putting your heart on the line
1: yes Her, what? And,
0: Yes. yeah and and you know i i i think you're right that professor x i mean one once again they they also have more of a relate a, a personal relationship so it's not truly a therapist, Um, but he definitely is trying to help Logan be able to open his heart again and be able to essentially say, okay, bad things happen and how do I still live life Right, despite the fact that bad things happen? So, one of the things that I found interesting about this, and I don't honestly know too much about this kind of area, but I found Laura really interesting from a psychological perspective because she almost never speaks. Right. And so, I was nerdily, as I was preparing for this, nerdily researching as the movie was going, and I was like, okay, so... Is this selective mutism? I think it's selective mutism that's going on. um there at first, it's unclear if she's able to speak, and so yes. that would be something different. so there's brain disorders where communication is impacted where a person's brain and the the motor development essentially for being able to communicate something kind of messing up in that process, uh, versus selective mutism is you have the ability to speak, but there are certain situations where you do not speak. And, um, so what I was reading up on is a lot of it has to do with high anxiety, um, so things where you might think of sometimes people have difficulty coming up with something to say, their mind might go blank or whatnot. Um, just kind of think of an extreme version in a lot of ways where she can speak if she's in a comfortable place. And so you I, it, there was kind of that question mark. It was really interesting to see it play out because um she was able to talk to Professor X because you know, he's got his all mind power. Right. So I was like, okay, well, that might mean that there's a motor issue. But then later she speaks to Logan. He's like, you could talk this whole time? She's like, yeah. And,
1: you know, <laughs> and it's what I found interesting with that was from the moment she was born, she hasn't been able to trust the people around her. Like Except for the other kids. Except for the other kids. Like from the moment that she came into the earth, on mm-hmm. like she just has not been able to trust the adults around her and so it yeah i i think even being around adults puts her in a high stress situation Mm -hmm. very high anxiety because if we're thinking about like the snippets of the movie where we saw in the facility that she was in before it's like oh my god adults are villains Adults are the, mm-hmm. are, and it's not one of those things where she could differentiate. Finally, she was able to differentiate between the nurse and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it had to be someone like Professor X who could yes. mentally sync and up it probably,
0: with her. It probably helped that he also generally would be very different. I find it highly unlikely that someone of his age was working in the facility just because normally if you're like, what was the 85, 90 or whatnot, mm-hmm. you're probably not still working in like a research facility like that. So I bet the age probably helped. Um it hit, uh, Obviously, his abilities, those helped as well. Yes. But you're, you're totally right. And even with the nurse. Okay, great. The nurse saved her. How many years was that nurse? Right. Just kind of not saving her.
1: Yeah, soul. like yeah. How long did it take her to snap out of it and be like, "Oh, this isn't okay."
0: At oh, all. now that we're going to kill the children, now I have an right. ethical issue with it. Right. And, and, and so, uh, Laura probably grew up thinking, at worst, well, well, at, at best, um, people, adults do a lot of bad things to us, um, and don't. And and don't really help when they could. And at worst, they are doing experiments on you and will try and get rid of you if you're no longer useful.
1: Which is so horrible. But it also brings up how the way that we are raised really sets up our view of the world and how things Mm. are. Because with her, she grew up in a world where the adults, all of the adults... You could not trust them. And they were villains. Mm-hmm. And now she has to go out into the rest of the world.
0: And there are a lot of adults out there.
1: Right. And deal with that. And that's that's heavy. And it's one of those things. Like, I remember, like, even with me, I grew up and as a child, I did, I was not around nice dogs. I had a lot of mm-hmm. horrible experience with dogs. And even now in my 30s. I'll see a dog, and my first reaction isn't, oh, it's a dog. It's like, oh, (laughs) okay. Is it one of the good ones? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, Mm -hmm. but it's because that's the environment that I grew up in. I grew up in an environment where I did not have good experiences with Mm -hmm. dogs. And so it's, it's, and, you know, that's a very, very small scale, of course, compared to. Uh, what Lara went through in the mm-hmm. the movie but it is interesting how being having a compartmentalized world that we grow up in can really yeah. affect how we view the rest of the world when we get there
0: oh absolutely in fact there are many people a lot of times it comes off up in childhood trauma stuff and I know we've talked about this in earlier seasons but I can't think of episodes but it it ha- it comes up a lot with trauma but just generally um the the older you get kind of the less egocentric you get and you start realizing more and more not not everything is the same as your own experience not everyone else is the same as you and a lot of times people will talk about these really traumatic scenarios and they say, I did not know that this was wrong until I was around a different environment. I went to college or right. I met new people or I, I got away somehow. Um, I met people who had, like you were saying, grew up in in different contexts than myself. But yeah, and, and it's true for other things as well. I mean um, my husband and I, uh, you know, every now and then there's something where, like, um, you know, we're interacting with his family and I'm like, oh, this is different than how my family does this. <laughs> I didn't even think of that as being something that was different based on, you know, what family you were in. And there's a lot of similarities between our families. Um, so, w- with a lot of different scenarios, absolutely, you. We make assumptions, we perceive things in certain ways because of the experiences we have, how we grew up, but we also make automatic assumptions because our brains, our, our brains essentially fill in the blanks um, and we also just generally, we can't, we can't take in all information all of the time. So our brains are trying to kind of simplify things for us and help us predict kind of what's going to happen in different scenarios. But yeah, we're all going to have a little bit of bias there based on how we grew up. So
1: yeah, and it took.
0: Unfortunately, for Laura,
1: yeah, and it took a while. But you know, I think her brain did connect the dots. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. he has saved me now several different times. He has. I've watched him kill for me. I've watched Mm -hmm. him, uh, do things that he wasn't really comfortable with. For me. And so this is someone that I can trust. This is. Yeah. And he has the. Also he has the same abilities as me. Like thinking you're that unique in the world. Yeah. And then seeing someone who has the exact same abilities as you. That had to go. Yep. A long way as well.
0: And I think connected to that same abilities. And also kind of assorted background. Yes. So.
1: That rage I was, just was
0: thinking, there, yeah, I mean, you you see this girl and she's raging against everybody she'll she'll kill you right, without thinking love, about I it. I mean, I mean, she's not going <laughs> to just kill you for no reason, but you do anything wrong, and that girl will kill you, yeah, and so the the family that that dies in it and 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 she does obviously she's intrigued by the family. she seems to be able to recognize that they're good people. Mm-hmm. It's a safe place. Uh, but I'm not sure she would have opened up to them at the same pace, per se. I don't think because so. Because the similarities, not just in the physical similarities help. You know, okay, we both got the claws and we're the whole Wolverine thing. But also, he's rough around the edges. He knows what it's like to kill people, too. He knows and distrusts the world. He sees things about the world that she sees. All of that stuff can be really helpful yes. when it's like, okay, this is a person that gets me or could get me um, if I did start talking. Yes. And I'm not saying that she um, – they kind of made it seem like she was purposely not talking the whole time. Um, yes. With selective mutism um, – I know it says selective, which makes it sound purposeful. But the anxiety is kind of making the choice for you. Um, it's usually not like a I'm not talking – it's a I can't talk. And so that that part's a little less clear for her. But um, she, I, yeah, I think she's going to be more comfortable around Logan and get to that point of talking much faster than, say, that family where she probably think would think that they're wonderful. But how how do I relate to them?
1: Yeah. And I also think it helped her open up to him, too, seeing him. And being around him when he's in such a vulnerable state, when he's not mm. able to heal, and he is yeah. sick, and he isn't a hundred percent, and being around him when she's not afraid of him, yeah, I think also kind of helped open, you know, open yeah. things up too, because it, I can I can completely understand like learning to not be afraid of someone or be comfortable around them when the threat that you see is taken Mm -hmm. away. It's kind of like if you see someone with a gun on their hip and it might be one of those things that makes you instantly nervous. And then if they take it off or put it away, suddenly you're, a lot more comfortable than you might have been before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, another thing that probably made him less threatening that we don't always think about, we we sometimes actually make it harder for someone who's anxious to feel comfortable by trying to help them. Because so I was reading up on selective mutism because I don't really know that much about it. And one of the things it was suggesting... Now, you can have it as an adult, but it, a, a lot of times you see it with, with children. And, and one of the things I was reading was, I think, like a child website. So they, they were talking about what parents can do. And it, it was talking about um, not focusing so much on them talking and making sure that they know it's okay not to talk right now. You'll talk when you're comfortable, when you're ready, um, maybe finding other ways to communicate to relieve the pressure. where a lot of times we think, "Oh, let's encourage this person, encourage them to do this thing." Hey, it's okay. This is a comfortable place. Duh, duh. But that adds pressure, and a lot of times it can kind of pull for embarrassment or feeling self-conscious. And I mean, who who better than Logan? Because I mean, Logan doesn't care. He's like. He's not going to force her to talk he he's he's kind of this gruff guy that's like whatever people are going to do what they're going to do right and that's actually in some ways can be a much better approach than someone who really wants to draw that person out and help them. Sometimes we can want to help too much so so Logan's approach of like kind of the gruffer approach might have actually been more helpful,
1: yeah and we we also can't forget that there was definitely a uh, a language barrier there. Oh yeah, a yeah, language yeah. barrier there too. Um. So yeah, there was definitely. I I think that'll make you be quiet around someone too when you're kind of like I,
0: oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I um. So I I've not lived somewhere where it wasn't a language I could speak, but I've I've studied abroad before for chunks of time and even if you kind of know the language but you're not very secure in it absolutely <laughs> that's gonna play a role so that's a really really good point yeah um about the language barrier since she was speaking spanish and he was speaking english
1: um so do we do we have a mindful nerd moment and i was laughing because i've gotten to the point now where whenever i like when I see the subject coming up, I kind of try and guess what the mindful nerd <laughs> moment is gonna be. Uh and uh so yeah, what is what is our mindful nerd moment?
0: Oh, I feel so much pressure now. No, cause, don't cause don't do not I feel disappoint. pressure.
1: No, it's All never right. it's never been disappointing. It's just gotten to that point where I'm like, what are moments here that in the mo- Like I've I've learned? I to do start kind of love that
0: you're Okay, okay. Actually, I, I, I take it back. I mean, I still do feel a little like, oh, no, what if, what if I don't come up with something as good as what he's thinking of? But actually, I'm th- I'm super stoked. That means that you're looking for opportunities for mindfulness. Yeah. That's awesome. And I
1: can tell you the ones that I thought about after, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. So we'll do it, and then we'll see what, what other stuff you you saw that stood out to you. Okay. So, what I was thinking we could do is Wolverine unsheathing his claws. Okay. So, kind of the... <laughs> I can't do a good metal coming out of your knuckles sound. The
1: the, but. the one they always use in the comics is snicked. It's like S-N-I-C-K-T. That's always the sound. Snicked. That is like the, the, the <laughs> sound that they use for Wolverine's claws coming out. Snicked. Snick. Snick. like it's i don't know it's...
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know i i wish i could make the noise but so yeah i was thinking what we could do and and we'll walk it through with wolverine slash logan but obviously if you or anyone listening would prefer to be laura uh or x23 is her experiment name um obviously you can do her as well since she also has claws um so, yeah, I figured we would Wolverine it up a bit. Uh, okay, so as we always do, sit comfortably. We try and, you know, make sure that you're sitting straight. Um, if you're comfortable with it, closing your eyes. Otherwise, just, you know, not focusing on anything in particular in the room. And first, focusing on your breath, just to help you really hone in on the mindful nerd moment. So first, just breathing as yourself, paying attention to to what it's like to inhale and exhale, noticing it throughout your body. And when you're ready, I want you to shift to imagining yourself as breathing as Wolverine. So breathing in and out. As Wolverine, you might notice some chronic pain, as we were talking about, or some tightness. Uh, Might be a few bullet holes that are still kind of feeling a little raw. As you're breathing in and out, just maybe noticing what, what your body's feeling like. What it feels like to be in the skin of Wolverine. And as best you can, try not to judge it. It's not a good or a bad feeling. It's not an I like this or I don't like this. It's an observation. I'm noticing this joint is aching. I'm noticing this burning feeling in uh where I was cut by someone. Uh I I'm noticing the strength of my muscles. I'm noticing just the the warmth and the heat of my blood pumping. And I want you to imagine that you are preparing to unsheath your claws. And first, just paying attention to what it feels like to prepare. Notice how it changes the tension in your body, how it might change your heart rate, how you might shift your body how you're how you're standing how you're moving to prepare yourself. And when you're ready, I want you to slowly unsheath your claws. Noticing that first moment when they start to shift forward, noticing the feeling of those claws coming out of your knuckles and the skin surrounding. And noticing That slow, steady feeling as the adamantium continues to slowly come out of your skin. And just feeling that movement until finally your claws are fully extended. And just notice that feeling for a moment. Maybe even taking your claws, scraping them against each other, noticing that metallic sound, noticing the pressure you feel as the claws hit one another. And next, steady yourself into your fighting pose because you're about to get into some trouble. All right, so we're going to shift from Wolverine back into ourselves. When you're ready for it, uh, put those claws away. We don't need them anymore. Um, Focus back on your breath as Wolverine. And when you're ready, start shifting back to yourself. Move around a little bit. Get used to your own body again, where you are listening to this podcast. Uh, you might feel some of those sensations from Wolverine still, but kind of shifting back into you and what you're doing here. Uh, so some of us might feel a little weaker, um, uh, now that we're not Wolverine anymore. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we, uh, are feeling some other things as well. Uh, maybe a little bit less pain, a few less bullet holes. All right. So, how was that for you?
1: It was. It was cool. One one thing that is was interesting about this one is the the way you broke down something that actually happens incredibly fast, and mm-hmm. it's it's like an action that takes maybe a second or two, but if that, if, yeah, right. If that, but you're breaking it down and slowing it way down into something Mm -hmm. that you can like you can focus on i thought that was i thought that was really cool because i never really thought of because i know in the past we've done things like putting the costume on and as you're talking Mm -hmm. about it's like actually that's how long it would actually take Mm. or if you're like driving or doing something like that but with this it was like okay think about that moment right there and then spread like spread that out and be mindful of Mm -hmm. it yeah
0: yeah and and both can work it's not that one is better than the other but yeah we can hone into what is happening or we can we can take something and where possible slow it down Mm -hmm. so that you can really delve into it more uh i i actually those are my favorite moments yeah. Slowing slowing down my walk so I can feel the crunch of leaves under my feet or um taking one uh, taking a sip of coffee or tea and letting it last for a minute versus 2 seconds. Right. <laughs> I I actually really enjoy the slow down moments a lot. Yeah.
1: But uh, the the mindful moments that I thought about in the movie yes. the my my favorite one that I laughed at was uh Laura uh, riding the mechanical t- uh, horse outside of <laughs>
0: yeah. the, the
1: gas station. I thought about that one.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah,
1: I also thought about like Wolverine putting bandages uh, on himself. Because that's something he had to like learn to do, right? Because before mm-hmm. he just healed. But then as he got older, it's yeah. like, okay, I need to actually figure out how to treat some of these mm-hmm. wounds that are healing that are healing slowly. And then of course driving. My I, I, I love driving and so when they're like driving across country together. I thought mm-hmm. about that one. But those were the ones I love it. Yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is that what what I love most about what you're talking about is therapy is is all about helping you become your own therapist essentially. Helping helping a person build up their own skill sets and ability to to manage whatever it is or to move through whatever someone's coming in for and so I, I love this because you're essentially you don't you don't need me you you now don't need me to be able to figure out hey these might be good moments to hone in on for mindfulness and that's a really good it's a really good sign in terms of you building that skill set for yourself.
1: Sweet. Tell it my therapist tomorrow. Don't need therapy okay. anymore.
0: Grade A. Grade A+. Plus.
1: A. A plus 4.0. <laughs> Thanks for nerding out with us.
0: I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind.
1: And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at Team JBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.